right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And man, we are fired up. If you haven't seen our show, I got one question for you. What is wrong with you? We have, on occasion, really incredible projects. and I, let a, I bet a lot of people are always intrigued are curious about how we get different cars in the shop. And there's a whole, you know, network of people. We shoot the show in Florida, respectively. You know, Bird lives in Detroit. I live in Colorado. We fly in and do the show. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times we're all like, we've heard about a car, know about a car, we're going to get a car, whatever. And, you know, sometimes the cars that we get are, well, are doms, just like they're described. And other times... Um, they're two by sh- four short of a front porch. They're terrible. <laughs> they're, there's cars that we've got like, whoa, 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 hold on. But you know, we, it just so happened we got our hands on a 69 Camaro that was pretty damn cherry. No, oh, it was nice, man. Super cool. Blue, white racing stripes, you know, the dual stripes across the hood and back. And man, that thing looked good. Now it, it's still probably a, what, 15 footer? 20 footer you get up close right you can see the the flaws but dude i could care less man that's a little bit of age that's a little bit of use that's a little bit of life right there you know but it looks good but you know when it came in it was set up a little bit you know 90s calling you know yeah yeah (laughs) 90s calling man i want some style back you gotta you gotta upgrade a little bit this thing was uh little two-speed, you know, power glide. Had a nice motor in it, real nice motor in it. But sitting on a set of drum brakes, you know, and big and littles, you know, I just, not a good combination. It was almost like it, it was wearing a members-only coat, you know? It was like, it was that guy. <laughs> um, so when we brought in the shop, the first show, we really got into the stance and, you know, we addressed a few things on the car that would just make it ride a little better and give him that, you know, sort of the, the pro touring aspect he wants. Now, the second show, we really upped it to the next level in that because when you come in with a power glide, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of limitations in that. We always complain or bitch about, you know, a three-speed transmission, let alone a two-speed transmission. So when we had it at the shop, okay, we got to get like, 
you know, a serious transmission in this. And not only that, man, fuel injection. So on this second episode, we had a blast. And this is where we love getting into cars because just the night and day difference on fuel injection makes all the difference to the world in drivability. We've all been victim to that, you know, hot summer, you know, heat-soaked start of a, of a muscle car with a carburetor on it, you know, starving for cool fuel. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. You know, and you got pump it, pump it, pump it, run it rich a little bit until it cools itself off. It gets that, you know, cool charge. But fuel injection eliminates all of that. Oh, man. And nowadays it's so, so simple. Oh, and it's getting so affordable, which is fantastic, right? There's really almost no excuse if you're building a car and you don't already have the fuel system to buy a carburetor, right? For about yeah. the same coin, you can go buy a fuel injection system, a self-learning, self-tuning setup, right? Now, this yeah, car, this car was one of those transformations, right? You've seen like the TV shows where they got the people that are completely out of weight, you know, they're overweight, they're out of shape, you know, they're like, I can't move, I can't do jumping jacks. You know, this car came in looking, you know, looking cool. It's a 69 Camaro, good shape, good steel on it, everything else. But I mean, between the drum brakes, the skinnies, you know, the big and little tires, right? The, yeah, yeah. the two <laughs> speeds, right? I can go slow and a little faster and then i'm choked out you know like it was just like completely out of shape but it didn't take six weeks or six months to get this thing turned around into a, a wild you know lean mean fighting machine it took us you know a day or two in the shop you know a little studio action and bam this thing came out ready to run you know the equivalent of a triathlon you know yeah man no doubt so let's take a break now we'll come back we'll tell you more about it and if you haven't seen our show man we're gonna come looking for you this is definitely one you want to check out 69 camaro done up by my man kevin bird willie b back in just a minute on the two guys garage podcast It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird, and I am Willie B. We're talking about the 69 Camaro. Now, my friend, this would be a good candidate. You know, we have a couple really cool sponsors we're proud to have, Texan being one of them. It's the easiest way to put your car in, like, show mode. A lot of people go through the agony of wax on, wax off, and that might have been good back in, you know, Karate Kid days, but nowadays there's a much easier, much more efficient and much better way to get a high quality shine on your car. That's Tech Shine. You put it on when it's wet. Man, it's got crazy NASA technology. They had, remember back when you were a kid, Bird? Like, I used to do the Pinewood Derby, and I might have, I might have cooked my uh, nails that I used for the wheels in Slick 50 as an old trick back in the day. Heated up in the oven at 375 and put the nails in Slick 50 and let them bake on there. Maybe I did that. Maybe I didn't. But at the same time, this is something you want to put on your car to make it literally shoot through the air just a little smoother. It's really designed for jets and boats to, you know, kind of eliminate that, that drag they have on it. And it works just as well for your car. Yeah, dude. Well, that's where it's born. It was born for jets and going fast on race boats. And, you know, like you said, you can wax your car. You can spend a whole Saturday. But who wants to do that? While you're washing your yeah. car, you don't even have to dry it. It's still wet with the applicator. You wipe it on. The magic of whatever water's on there, bonding to your car, <laughs> making a killer shine. Now check them out. They're at aerolon.com. A-E-R-O-L-O-N.com. Super easy product. Make your car, make your boat, make your airplane if you got one, or your jet, or your helicopter. Looks sweet. 
I mean, I wonder what to do for my complexion. <laughs> right next to your hair gel, right next to your shower gel. Right, bro. <laughs> you know? I have a lot of that. <laughs> uh, look, this 69 Camaro, man, it's one of those cars that is so nostalgic and it's just commanding of attention and respect, you know? If you pull into a, man, I don't care if it's a Walmart or a, a Macy's or a steakhouse or a McDonald's, when you pull in with a 69 Camaro, there are just thumbs up. There's people that clap. There's people that are like, nice car. You always get a great response that you won't get driving, say, I don't know, your, your Taurus or your, your BMW or your you know, Chevy Cruze. Well, it's, it's cool when you have a, a, you know, a cool car like that. When you stop to get gas, it's not a chore. It's a social hour. Right? It's a social scene. As soon as you go and pop out of your car and grab that handle and go put the gas in, right? there's always some dude, some girl, somebody going, ooh, wow, man. Is that yours? Did you build it? What did you do? What's under the hood? Man, you got people just flocking around. And you can't even pump your gas because you got friends. You got friends now, you know, everywhere you go. Yeah. And there's a certain aura too. Like, uh, it's like you could be dressed any which way you want. You know, you could be in your bum clothes, flip-flops or whatever, but you open the door in that 69 Camaro, dude, you could be a king, you know? Yeah, man. You could be a king. Exactly. And the Camaro that we got, well, it was a little worn, you know, it, it, they tend to show up on our show like that, in our shop like that, and our job on the show is to bring them to a point where the the person that owns the car, right, can get in it, drive it, and all of a sudden that drivability, that fun factor that we oftentimes talk about is so much night and day different for the for the experience, Right to be in a '69 Camaro that all of a sudden has stopping power, it feels better, suspension's better, and all of a sudden you got a four-speed instead of a two-speed. Right, you're like, wait a minute, you got fuel injection instead of a carburetor. You're like, you have all the drivability and you know creature comforts that you do, you know, outside your you know satellite radio. But as far as just driving and enjoying the car, man, bam, it's there. It's there relatively easy, especially with fuel injection nowadays. Yeah, now yeah, we've done this for a long time, and there's a lot of you guys out there that, that are constantly under the hood of your car, man. You can knock this stuff out. Uh, you know, and there's other you that, right, you're watching the show because you want to learn. You want to take on different tasks, right? But we're able to transform this car literally in a couple of days, right, in the shop, you know, while we're filming. And, uh, yeah, to go from, you know, a full carbureted setup to get a full fuel injection from tank, pumps, filter, all the lines up, routed in. I mean, it's... It's a big job, but it's not, man. Nowadays, right, you can unbolt that carburetor, right? There's four bolts, right? You, you disconnect your linkage to your throttle, your return springs, right? You pull the air filter off, boom, you pull the little carburetor off, and this thing drops right on an intake manifold, right? It's got the computer right inside, right? It's got all the sensors in it. It's got annular discharge technology, so you got great atomization. And it looks, you know, almost like a stock carburetor hidden under that air cleaner, and you just got to hook up your lines, right? Your hoses and run them back to the tank. And the next step is, right, upgrading your fuel system. And there's so many great options now, man. I remember, you know, God, it's been like 10 years. I think I was building my uh, little LS swap BMW before a lot of these parts were out. And I'm making my own fuel pump module system, just like you see, you know, in uh, you know, a race car setup or OE like. And now you can just buy something that you cut a little hole in and drop it in, yeah. right? You can change the length of you know where the you know the sock filter sits, where the pump's sitting, and uh, 
you're ready to go just like yeah, that man. wow pull out the whole saw and a drill and you're done well not only that but the drivability and it's intuitive so you put in a few parameters right cubic inches of, of the engine what you're looking for a couple parameters and all of a sudden you fire it up and it, it will learn itself the more you drive it the more it gets you know parameters uh, open throttle you know what it's gonna be like as far as you know idle what it's gonna be like a full throttle things like that and all of a sudden you know an hour or two but in the seat of this car and it really comes alive and that's a great part about fuel injection nowadays like it's so easy i wish everything was as easy as getting fat um putting on fuel injection nowadays is is, is almost that easy well willie when is the first time you like really dealt with fuel injection you, you put a system on you tuned it or anything like that like how long ago did you you think that was probably probably um probably in 2008 2010 ish um when I built my race car, I switched finally when I was going to boosted application, had a big supercharger on it. Um, and I've, I finally upgraded fuel injection. And back, back then it was even a little bit different than what it is. You know, now I had the big stuff kit on, on my car. And now, you know, now with, with the handheld tuners and the fact that you could drop in a few parameters, light the car off, you know, give a couple of throttle pulls and start driving a thing. And it picks up, you know, where it needs to be and you know a, a couple intuitive things like that and it really tunes itself after a while it, it's become a lot easier like it, just on street cars i really think street cars hot rods guys with muscle cars can really have a big advantage with switching the fuel injection nowadays just because it's that easy oh yeah because i let's see if i go back in time probably yeah definitely the first fuel injection system uh 94 maybe 93 i mean so that's going way back it was a hall tech uh, you know, in college, I did uh, a little Formula SAE, so it's like open wheel little race cars, right? Little Formula cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, you start with a CBR 600 or some other 600cc motorcycle engine, but I mean, your your whole car vehicle with powertrain and everything is in the 450, 500 pound range. I mean, these things fly. But yeah, man, we were, you know, trying to convert from uh, you know carburation to fuel injection, and that was my job, man. I first I had to build the dyno, so we had a you know a uh, uh, dyno cell, just the uh, water break, and a big, you know, uh, belly tank. Then we used for the water and a radiator in one of our labs. But uh, you had to build all the couplers and the mounts and get the whole thing to work and the control valves. And then it was get this uh, engine running. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one cell by one cell. <laughs> like try to hold the engine at that one point, right? Try to get your spark dialed in. Try to get your fuel dialed in. You know, hardly any kind of gauges to get any kind of feedback. Like, now nah, it was a big, it was a big pain in the ass, man. I've got one of those like old '90s um, Holly X systems on my rock crawler, my Jeep, and you know, put a tune on that years and years and years ago, and it's always stayed. I've never messed with it since. You know, and I, I would know how to program that thing right now. I would upgrade the fuel injection system on it. But you're right. Some of those, you know, those first initial offerings of fuel injection were kind of rudimentary. It was difficult to program, get them dialed in. But nowadays, with the advancements in the handheld tuners and, you know, OBD2 ports, you just plug it in, doot, 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 fire it off, and you drive it for an hour, Ben, you are good to go. It really is becoming that easy. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it, it it's so upside down different because you know you, just like you said once you got the thing tuned you didn't want to touch it you didn't want to touch anything else because then you have to go back and retune it again <laughs> you right, know right but with the self-learning <laughs> it's like oh i want to add some headers oh, i want to change back pressure you know I'd, 
I, uh, you know, got some free flow mufflers or whatever. I changed my cam and you know, you let the thing go back through its cycle again, you know, like sweet. How easy is that? Yeah. It really makes a difference on, on taking your old setup. When's the first time you sort of witnessed it on an old muscle car or a hot rod or something that you could, you know, it's one thing to have a new car and have fuel injection. Everybody appreciates that. But something else to get in an old muscle car or a cool build like that and get fuel injection drivability um, and response and, you know, a 70 Dodge Charger. Like, that is pretty sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember uh, first pilot, you know, we did the pilot for overhauling and, uh, God, what was that, like 2004 or five, And, uh, you know, that was the, f- the very first episode. And, and uh, you know, I had enough background and, and fuel injection stuff, enough confidence that uh, we went to go, you know, put the build recipe together. I was pushing on, look, man, we got to go fuel injection. And everybody's like, I oh, just put a carburetor on it. It'll be fine. And I'm like, no, let's, let's up this thing a little bit, right? Let's set the bar. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a nice little small block going into a 71, I think, Chevelle. Sweet-ass nice. build, but... Yeah, man. Dropped the fuel injection in the early 2000s and yeah, never look back, man. That is the way to go. And now because it's so cheap and so simple, God, you got to be, you'd almost be a fool not to go that route, you know? Yeah, man. It really is a dynamic sort of shift. Like I, I've dated a few worst case scenarios, but, but, you know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, fuel injection, you, you get a lot of worst case scenarios with things. I don't know how to tune this thing. You got to get somebody special in here, bring a laptop. I need cords, blah, blah, blah. Just pissed off about it. Well, nowadays, all that's out the window. You could do it, you know, regardless of how, how many times or your experience or seat time you got with fuel injection, it's pretty easy to tell the machine, all right, machine start learning uh you know we had Fitech in there you know and there's a couple different companies that make great you know pieces of equipment and and you know pieces of of high performance that you could bolt on your car in place of the old mechanical stuff that really takes it next level in the drivability and just yeah you know, being able to start your car without all the coughs, burps, hiccups, and trying to get, you know, cool fuel to it. God, that alone is worth it. Yeah. You know what I tell I, I think um, you don't have to know much about carburetors to get fuel injection to work. Like if you're just getting into that whole thing, right, you can just dive right in. And I think a lot of younger kids, they feel comfortable on a laptop. They can go right in. But I think there's a certain, uh, you know, because a carburetor has its, you know, idle circuit, it's got its mains. It's got its accelerator pumps. Oh yeah, you know, and right. and those are it's got all its cams, doing jets. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> I think knowing how a carburetor works makes the transition to fuel injection, right? So there's a lot of carburetor guys who are like, oh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm never going to that computer stuff, you know. But it's like, no, wait, wait, wait. You actually have all the fundamentals that you need. You just got to figure out where the button is, you know. Like if you right, use right. the regular you know, push button wall phone connected to the wall, you know, you already have the skill sets, you know how to speak into it, you know how to listen, you know how to push the right numbers and call someone. So when somebody hands you a electronic phone, a smartphone, you know, you're already halfway there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's got a little lag when you kick it, you know, in a carburetor, put a bigger squirter in it, you know, just yelling out knowledge with a, with a laptop and a fuel injection system. I don't know. Figured out, you know, it's different, but it, it really has become much easier. So I'll tell you what, man, let's dive into a break. We got to take a break real fast. We'll come back. We'll tell you more because it wasn't just fuel injection on the 69 Camaro. It was something else that really made the drivability factor there. Going from two gears 
So guess how many? We'll tell you after the break. This is Two Guys Ride Podcast. Kevin Bird, Willie B. Back in just a minute. All right, this is Two Guys Ride Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're talking about one of the cool cars we got through the shop and own the show, the 69 Camaro. Not a lot of cars garner two shows, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we usually kind of wrap them up and, and we're a little bit schizophrenic. We're ready to jump on something else, something new, something different. But uh, that one kind of yeah, just man. stuck a little bit. It's like, no, there's more that needs to be done. And this car is righteous and deserves it, you know? Like, Let's just hang on to it a little bit more. We got we got some more goodies, some more ideas. And one of those, as Willie kind of alluded coming into the break, was it had a two-speed power glide. Ooh. And you can imagine, <laughs> yeah. yeah, imagine, right? You're tapped out at number two. How many gears you got in your car, right? How many? Just think about how many gears you got in your car right now and then just put it down into two and drive around. Tell yeah, me how fun that would be. Oh, right? my God. That's just, that's terrible. Oh that is terrible. Uh. So, yeah, man, taking it from a two-speed power glider, which was a thing back in the day. You know, I mean, you, maybe you can put on your lab coat and your glasses and get your pin protector out and explain what Chevrolet's idea was back in the day, thinking that a power glider, a two-speed, was legit behind a, you know, a small block Chevy. Like, what was the line of thinking? Because the best we could get out of at least a lot of automatics for that time was three speeds. Most manuals were four speeds. Why the hell two? I don't know, man. But I couldn't wait to get that out of that car. So what did we go with? What did we go with? We had to double it up. We had to double it up to a four-speed. So we went with a 700R4, which pretty much, I think, the transmission, if you're doing automatics, right? right. You can go back to a, you know Turbo 300 or tur- Turbo 350, Turbo 400, right, for three speeds. You can hammer the heck out of them, right? You can put a ton of torque in it. But yeah, once you want to get that overdrive, once you want to go cruising as well as you know digging out of the hole, that 700 R4, man, that's a dog right there. That's a, that's the one to call. Yeah, no doubt, man. And over the years, there have been some nice packages of that transmission uh, that have been released, you know, by by a lot of different companies, and, and some of them can handle some stink, man. So that's a transmission you get four gears out of, and it just gives you the drivability factor. We all have been that guy on the road. You can have the baddest, nastiest, eighth-mile, quarter-mile, most righteous bitch in the world, man. I mean, from a dig, it'll just get straight down, running fives on the street. You know, I mean, just nasty. But you drive it down a highway, and Hyundais are taking your butt to Gapplebee's. You know, it's like you're getting drugged by everything. You're in the far right lane doing like 63, 64 miles an hour, cussing the whole time with his, with his <laughs> tongue hanging out. RPMs are sitting around 3,400. You know, it's just screaming mad at you. That is not the place you need to be. <laughs> and, and you can't, you're trying to yell out excuses, right? Out your window at 70 miles an hour and some Honda just, you know, motors on by your engines. There's no excuses. You don't got enough gears, damn it. Go fix it. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> it's so true, man. I hate that more than anything with some of my old muscle cars. You know, I'm a guy that's got a lot of old muscle cars. And, you know, I tend to gear them up, put performance engines in it, but I'm always limited. I'm governed by that transmission. You know, you don't want to put a gear vendors or figure out, a you know, an automatic setup with more than 
three gears in it because the bolt pattern is different. It's just a big headache. So to find an old muscle car that you can adapt the four-speed auto to, man, that is a prize. And it is so, I mean, such a paramount difference in how the car becomes drivable and enjoyable. And I'm certain, like I haven't talked to him, but I'm certain when we gave that car back and he was able to get in it and take it to town in Tampa and enjoy it, you know, rolling down I-95, like, yo, what's up? I'm rolling 75. Woo! You know, that's a big difference. Well, I'm going 80. Yeah. I'm going 80. Hey, I think I could go faster. <laughs> Maybe there's an 85 in there somewhere. Oh, I'm still not done yet. Oh, baby. Yeah, man. Oh, think about it from the driver perspective, right? So, right, big and littles, drum brakes, carbureted car, two speeds, and all of a sudden now, all that's just changed. I mean, from the driver, fun factor, right? Completely different. And, you know, a transmission swap, if you can do... You know, a pretty straightforward one like this, right? Same bell housing, bolt pattern. Uh, it's not that hard of a job. Now, there are some things to think about, right? So uh, do you have enough tunnel clearance? So obviously you want to, you know, check around and make sure if I'm going to put whatever transmission, a manual, automatic, right? Am I going to hit any part of the tunnel? Do I have any clearance issues? You know, what about my headers? Are they going to run right by my transmission? Are they going to hit anything? Do I need to, do I need to deal with that at all? Um, and then you got to start, you know, Mounting everything, whether it's your shift cables, whether it's your cross member, uh, you got to connect up to your drive shaft. So that's going to be a little bit different. And there's a lot of kits out there, right? That can, you know, kind of help you out. Like, all right, you got this going in this, um, you know, and in betweens, yeah, you can measure your drive shaft. You can get the right yoke. You can take it down to your local or ship it or have one sent to you. So nothing insurmountable to be able to do an upgrade like this. Um, and then, I don't know, any other tips that you had, Willie? I know on the show you well, talked about uh, a really good one routing the shift cable. Oh, man, that is always such a pain in the butt because um, having a Mopar and, you know, where to put, where to put the ratchet shifter because we all got one, quick stick, pro stick, you know, cheetah, whatever you got in there is a shifter, right? Routing that cable is a big pain. You want to keep it as far away from the heat as you can. Uh, some guys like to route it in the back. Some guys like to route it in the front. Uh, depending on, you know, your clearances and where you go, just – uh, my advice would always be heat sleeve that thing, protect it against any you know heat that you have. There's always headers and stuff to deal with around there. Uh, and you know another thing is you know these podcasts we love doing, but there was a guy that we had on from Modern Driveline who I'm going to be leaning on. You know we did a, a four speed automatic, but a lot of people are going to you know bigger manuals like six speeds, Trimix, uh, things like that. It, those are great resources. I love doing this podcast and the show. Because, you know, you get a lot of different inputs from, from people that are already problem-solved, you know, any issues you may have. So there's different kits you can get. Um, in our shop in that particular build, it was like, okay, we got to do this. You need to mock up a cross member. You need to probably look at, you know, what yoke we want to run and the drive shaft. But those are pretty well-versed and have enough, you know, parts and pieces out there you can make work. If you get into something, you're moving up, a, you know, another gear or two, a five-speed, a six-speed, you know, you, you may want to lean on companies like that Modern Driveline, which we had on another podcast. But, man, there's resources out there. And I really do really recommend, suggest, if you're able to, if you're going to find one, Get you an upgraded transmission. That makes all the difference in your old hot rod. I love seeing hot rods and muscle cars out on the road. Like when I see one, I'm always like cheering the guy on. You know how motorcycles have those like that little secret wave that we all do on a motorcycle? Like, you know, it's kind of like a low five. 
Well, same thing in a muscle car, but it's more like, yeah, dog, yeah, do that. You know, I'm like, I'm happy to see him out there. <laughs> and it doesn't take much to figure out what you're missing, right? Get in your car, go on the highway, right? Then go get in your daily driver and get on the <laughs> highway and tell me what that experience is like, right? <laughs> One is like anxious, <laughs> like, oh, am I hurting something? It's yelling at me. You know, and one is like, whew, where are we going? When are we going to get there? Should I stop and get a latte? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the, the one thing that we love doing on the show is being able to show you uh, that, you know what, there may be a little intimidation factor in play in your head, but you could do this, man, especially when it comes to, you know, finding any of the supporting cash you may need for it. You may need converters. You may need linkage. You may need a little how-to or a little help here and there. But I'm telling you, man, it is a very achievable goal to think, all right, 700 R4 from a 350 turbo, 350 turbo, I could do this. You know, it's one of those things that's not that difficult. And and the return on investment, the reward factor is, I'm telling you, it's one of the best, I guess, improvements you could do for drivability and enjoyability in your ride. Well, yeah, and that's a nice thing, man. I mean... When we were kids, maybe it was a print magazine. Maybe you could try to figure out how they did that kind of stuff. You'd go out and just, you know, try to make make whatever you can of what what you've got in your garage. And there weren't the aftermarket parts. There weren't the support. Let's be honest, Bird. We we go from four eleven gears or four fifty six gears to like three fifty five gears. <laughs> That's how we did it. <laughs> I just mean anything like DIY. But now you've got you know the shows to help you out. And we can't show you everything because there's only so much time on the show. But we do try to show you as many of the you know basic steps as we can. Talk about you know the product and and what's going to be a challenge and what's not. Uh, you know, so between some of these shows, the DIY shows, between the web and the aftermarket companies, they want you to succeed. There's really everything you need at your fingertips, right, to go do something you've never done before, right. And if you get to a point where you you know, you're going to screw up or you're just, you've lacked some skills. Hey man, that's what it's all about, right? So you got to overcome that. That's what we've all done over time. You just got to get out there and do it. But there's a lot of help out there. Again, between the shows, the companies you're buying parts from, your buddies, I say, just go do it, man. That, that's the most rewarding experience yeah. is when, when you do have that kind of squeezy feeling in your stomach, I don't know if I can do this. And at the end of the day, you freaking did it, right? <laughs> You did it, and just like yeah, Willie man. said, he's going to see you riding by, and he's going to be like, yeah, dog, yeah, there you go, right? That's what <laughs> you want. You want you want to go by Willie yep. and have him stick his finger out at you and go, hell yeah, man. <laughs> Keep on rolling, man. That's so, right. That's the reward. You know, the, the old saying, fear makes the wolf bigger than what he is. So never be afraid of it. There's resources out there that help you tackle, especially a project like that, and the reward, phew, through the roof so hey we're proud to show you guys that and hope you you know you check out our show it airs weekends on the motor trend network you can check your local listings episodes also now streaming on motor trend on demand um look anytime we have a 69 camaro in our shop chances are you're gonna hear about it for at least one show maybe two all right thanks to our producer my man scoop our executive producer bob ecker and don't forget to check out our website twoguysgarage.com it's like i said there's a lot of great content on there right we've got clips we've got sponsors that you can kind of go find a lot of good stuff and check us out on social facebook instagram and twitter at two guys garage the two guys garage podcast is a copyright 2020 britain productions incorporated all rights reserved 
Yeah, man. And don't be a real no-getter. Get out there and get out to your car, man. Upgrade it. All right? We're, we're there to help. It's Two Guys Garage. We'll see you on the next podcast, you guys. All right. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.